0: And it's just kind of developing in my spirit in my mind that I won't get to the time that I can share it with you. I don't know why that'll be, but uh, it's about, you know, I preach out a lot about Abraham, uh, the sons of Abraham, the heirs of God. And I think this is an outgrowth of all of that out of Galatians. And, and uh, so it just excited me when the Lord showed it to me this week. And I know that that is the spirit of the Lord because I read those passages in the scriptures. I had innumerable time. I had no idea how many times I've read this passage in the Scripture. In Galatians and Hebrews where this comes from. But I have never seen it before this week. Now that has to be the Lord's somehow revealing something, and I call that spiritual revelation. I'm not looking for a new revelation or a new doctrine. I'm just looking for a new and deeper understanding about the Word of God than I've ever had before so I can share it with you. So I will have a two. 6, as far as the scripture is concerned. Now, I don't care if we continue to promote that we're free of it. It doesn't matter. As long as we understand that's not exactly what the scripture says. And let's go by what that says. So, whatever tradition is put in our minds, there's another revelation of this particular event that's described clearly in the scriptures. And here it is. Matthew chapter 2. This, by the way, is the only place the visit of the wise men is recorded in the scriptures. There are other things that are only recorded in one record of the gospel. For example, the, the angels being, visiting the shepherds and the shepherds going to the, to the uh, nature. is only mentioned in one gospel. That's in Luke. This is only in Matthew. But here's what it says. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, traveling westward into Israel and to Bethlehem. First they made a stop, of course, in Jerusalem, my parents' palace was. going through all the difficulties involved and making the journey of great length in that. It was a designation. It was a sign to them that God had done a mighty work. And they were to proceed to follow that and see the results of that sign that God had given. That's what they decided to do. It was a march of faith on their part. There are many marches of faith in the scripture. There are people just by faith. God had been moved from one place to the other. Abraham moved from the earth of the Caldeans into the land of promise that God had sent him to. Four lepers in 2 Kings decided they would get up and march to the camp of the Syrians, find out if they would live or die in the Syrians and fled because God had driven them away. That was a faith march. There are numbers of faith marches recorded in the scripture, but I don't think any greater one is in the Scriptures than this one we're talking about this morning. This march, this journey of the wise men from somewhere beyond what today would be Iraq into what today would be Iraq. Somewhere far to the east, they got this message. Sometimes you know, just because the Holy Spirit reveals it, and you say, this is a knowing. It's faith. It isn't provable according to the world, but it's faith. And by faith, I know, I know, I know, I know, the greatest knowledge you'll ever have is the knowledge that faith gives you. Not that your sight gives you. Not that signs around you. Yeah. <laughs> To comport except one way. One way. By faith. These men made the journey by faith. And when they came to find Jesus, when they found him there in the room, they asked him no questions. There's no record that they said anything except, is this the baby born here? He's under the star. We've been led here. They were lifted by the Spirit of God. And by faith, by faith and faith only, they recognized something jumped in their hearts and they recognized this baby is the King. And we came to worship. This baby is the Lord. This baby is the Messiah. They didn't look for a Messiah, but they knew about the Messiah. This baby is the gift of God. And knowing that by faith they fell down Deceived about yourself. Deceived about other people. Other people can be a part of that deception. are things that are being taught in your schools today that's deception. Things about history that are deceptive. Things about knowledge of life that are deceptive. Things about human elements of life. Sexuality and, 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 and sociability that are wrong. It's deceptive. You need to be teaching your children and your grandchildren different from what they are hearing in the schools. So there's deception. But these men, these wives, who didn't realize they were being deceived by Herod, they thought, well, sure, when we get over there. I'm assuming this is true. It doesn't make it say anything different from that. They let it under Herod's. Request, to Find him and come back and tell me. And they, I think they expected him to go find him and come back and tell him. They had been deceived by him. But when they got there I'm going to tell you something really important now. The Lord is just showing you this so very true. You could be deceived along the way. You can make missteps and mistakes. Make the wrong turn, make, take the wrong direction. You can be deceived and misled. There's one thing that takes care of all the deception, all the misleadings, all the mistakes, all the, all the things that would put you on the wrong path. There's one thing that takes care of it. You bow down and worship Him. And in the presence of the Savior, deception is made clear. Deception is revealed. It gives you the right perspective on sin when you've been deceived. It gives you the right perception on life when you've been deceived. It gives you the right the right understanding of everything a clarification. It gives you the answer to all the deceptions that the enemy has tried to put upon you when you come into the presence of the Lord and when you that there by faith declaring you are King, you are Lord, you are Saviour. You have a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus, the Bible says, and he didn't say he became truth when he turned 30. Jesus said, I am truth. Later on he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that truth, understood by faith and received by faith, is what will take you from the long journey all the difficulties and complexities that it may involve to the very end where you come to the place and in that place at the end of the journey you come to Jesus and in his presence all those deceptions and mischaracterizations and misleadings and untruths Himself, standing in light and standing in victory. Hallelujah. So these men were givers. I love givers. I don't mean tithers and people that give in church. I mean just people who have a giving, generous spirit. People who are servants because they want to give to the kingdom of God. They want to do something to build God's kingdom, God's church. They want to give. They want to serve. And it may be in a conspicuous way or it may be in a a way of great notoriety, but it doesn't matter. The heart is to serve. These men were givers. they came all this way, and when they made all You know what gold is, frankincense is in many sense often used in worship in many places in churches, even some uh, churches today are more, more orientated. He'll put a plan before you that you can put into effect and make it possible for you to achieve what God has told you He wants you to do. That's worship. But I think that the, the, the great passage on worship for me is in Romans chapter 12. Where in the very beginning of that first verse of that chapter, Jesus spoke about I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I plead with you, I appeal to all of you, brothers, he said, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Which is, the King James says, your reasonable service. All the other translations say, which is your spiritual worship, which is your true worship. Giving yourself to God totally, completely, without reservation, wholeheartedly, giving yourself to God is true worship, is spiritual worship. That's what worshiping God is. And so you can't worship without giving yourself up to Him. That's worship. And when you do that, then He provides the rest of the way. Which is your spiritual worship. And be not conformed. He goes on to tell you how to do it. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is a good and acceptable perfect what will of God. And there it is. To all of us followers.